With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to NativeTalk.net. Audio files are available online at NativeTalk.net. Eating nails, drinking gunpowder soup, and listening to the NativeTalk.net full blast. And now, your hosts, Cliff and Brandon. Don't touch that dial. You don't know where it's been. Now grab your nets and let's go fishing. Good morning, and thank you for joining us on today's NativeTalk.net radio podcast. It's uh, Cliff and Jason today, who's six years old, I think. I am. You're still six? When's your birthday anyway? July 10th. Oh, and then you'll be 10. Um, no, I'll be seven. Oh, now how much allowance do you get every week? What's allowance? Allowance is where every week you get money for, like, doing stuff. Oh. Well, I used to get allowance, but now I, um... Don't really do it, and it's been a long time, so I forgot. Okay, well, how do you make money, then? Um, by selling chocolates. Selling chocolates? Uh, what? At the store or something? No. To, to house by house. House by house. Okay, and do you give, like, a speech or something like that? I do. Okay, you, to let everybody know how you make money. So you walk up to a house, you... Yeah. Knock on the door, and they, they come to the door and say, All right, kid. What can I do for you? I say, hi, my name is Jason. I'm in the first grade and I'm six years old. I wanted money, so I asked my dad for for some, and he said, get your own money. So that's why I'm selling these delicious chocolates. There's one, there one dollar, five different kinds. There's um, normal chocolate, um, crispy rice, chocolate with almonds, Dark chocolate almonds, and finally, creamy caramel. And then do you ask them if they want to buy some? Yes. And do they? Um, oh, yes, they do. <laughs> okay, so that's how you make money. Well, that's pretty good. If uh, and, and if people want to like write you a letter or see some of the other stuff you've done, how can they find out more about you? Um, do you have maybe a website? I do. It's called jasonsworld.net. Jasonsworld.net. Yeah. Visit it if you visit it if visit it if you want to see my podcasts or all of our podcasts. All right. So check out Jason at jasonsworld.net. Now, this brings us to how do you know you're giving your kids way too much money for their allowance? Dunno. Well, what would you do with too much money? Probably buy what I want. Okay. Well, here are the five ways that you know you're giving your kids way too much allowance. Number one, they hire a maid to clean their room. <laughs> they hire a maid to clean their yeah, room? Yeah, how do they afford that? They must have lots of money, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. They, uh, your kids just bought their second rental property. What? 
about Seriously? that? They didn't just buy one house. They bought a second house, and they're renting it out. Uh, hey, do all the fifth graders have their own limo and driver? Uh, I don't think they do in my school. I find copies of Forbes in the Wall Street Journal under their bed. What? And the bodyguards seem a little much. Uh... Okay, uh... What do you need a bodyguard for? You're six! Yeah! And what's a bodyguard? A bodyguard is somebody who protects you from bad guys. Oh. All right. Now, um, what do you know about acting? Um, well, I use acting for getting money also. Okay, so, uh, but what is acting? Acting is when you, um, do, uh... Is when you do commercials, and commercials are like things to introduce you to a brand or a um or a something. Okay, and do you think so? When you're acting, are you being yourself, or are you being somebody else? I could eat. I could either be any of those. Uh, usually, being somebody else. Yeah. So if I said that acting in like a movie or maybe a play is about telling a story. And of course the actors, they, they help you tell that story, right? Yes. Okay, do you think that's a good thing? Yes, it is. Okay, what's the difference between a play and a movie? Um, well, a play is basically what actors do. It's like a movie, but it's not. It, a play is like... The same thing as a movie, instead, but instead of watching it on TV or a movie theater, it is, it is just on a stage and, and there is curtains. Movies are different. They're basically the same as a play, just, you can just, the story is on um, a TV or a movie screen. Okay, why are you talking like that? Because I like talking British. <laughs> That's you talking British, huh? Yes. Have you ever seen a play or a movie about Native American Indians? Uh, no. Why do you think that is? Because I never really wanted to watch it, but then I kind of do. Kind so of. So if don't. it's a good story, do you think you would watch a movie or a play about Native American Indians? Yes. Well, good news, because Native American playwrights. Now, a playwright is a person who writes a play, okay? Oh. And it's what people used to do before movies. So nowadays, oh. they call them the screenwriters, where they basically write a play for the screen, all right? Okay. But uh, these are playwrights, so they write plays for the stage. Okay? And it turns out that three of them, Mary Catherine Nagel, Le- Delana Studi and Larissa Fasthorst are all having their work produced in Oregon this spring. Now, this is unexpected and unprecedented. Do you know what unprecedented means? No. Well, a precedent means something that has never happened before is happening now. It sets a precedent. Okay. So that in the future, people can look back and say, hey, it already happened. So this is the first time this has ever happened. Oregon's three largest theater companies are all producing a new play by Native Americans. 
Oregon's uh, so the first one is Oregon's Shakespeare Fest Shakespeare Festival. Now, do you know anything by Shakespeare? Um, no. Okay, it starts friends, Romans, countrymen. Lend oh, me yeah. your ears. Oh yeah, the um. What's Mark that from? Mark Anthony. Mark Anthony, and uh, in what play? In the Mark Anthony speech. Yeah. What's the play though? Is it Ju- uh, Julius Caesar? Yes. There you go. It was before movie, so it wasn't really a movie. But now it is a movie. It, it, they did make a movie about it, all right? But uh, so tell the, tell the folks about your experience with Shakespeare at the talent show last year. Now, this kid is in first grade now, but last year he was in kindergarten. And what did you do? I did the... Um, Mark Anthony speech. The whole thing or just part of it? The whole entire thing. That's amazing. You memorized it or did you read it off a of paper? Um, I just memorized it even though I forgot about it, even though I forgot all the words today. Okay, now when I was in 10th grade, I had to do that speech in front of the class. And one of the things that we did that year was we actually went to this, uh, to this theater, the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. Okay, and we were up there and we got to see lots of different Shakespeare plays because we'd been studying them in our English class all, uh, all, all the whole school year. So we actually got to go up there and see these. So I've been here and they've got the world premiere of Manhattan, which is a time traveling drama by Mary Catherine Nagel. Time Nagle. traveling? What yeah, does it the, mean by that? Okay, so they start with the Lenape people's loss of Manhattan Island. And they link it to the losses in the 2008 financial crisis. So she kind of goes to like both times, 2008 and way back in like the 16 or 1700s when the Lenape people lost Manhattan. Wow, that was way before the Titanic sank. When did the Titanic sink? Hmm, 1912? Yeah, it was was way before that. Okay, so the second play is at the Portland Stage Theater in Portland, Oregon, and they're presenting And So We Walked, which is a dramatic memoir by Delana Studi that centers on the Trail of Tears. Do you know what the Trail of Tears is? No. Okay. Um, Where do you live right now? Love Ledger. Okay. And do you know where California is? Yeah. It's straight east. No, straight west. Yeah. Straight west until you, bum, hit the Pacific Ocean. Okay, is it nearby or is it far away? Very far away. Now, what if, what if a big group of people, like the government, said, hey, we want you where you live in Colorado, and so you have to move to California. And you say, well, I don't want to move. And they say, well, you have to move. And they say, well, and not only do you have to move, but you have to walk to California. What? what would you, how would you feel about that? I would feel cray-cray. Like, I would feel like, what are these people talking about? Why do we have to walk to California? That would take about one or two years. Yep. And if you uh, don't walk fast enough, we'll, like, whip you or beat you and stuff like that. Wow. And do you think people, uh, because they made all the Indians go. And they, uh, so they had to walk from, um, 
I forget where, but they had to walk like to Oklahoma. So it was a long, long way from like the east all the way to Oklahoma. Do you think everybody survived or do you think some people died? Some people died. Now, do you think you would be happy if one of your friends or family members died? I would feel very, I would feel down in the dumps. Do you think you might even cry? Uh, yes. Okay, that's why it was called the Trail of Tears, because they had to walk a giant distance. People died. Everybody was crying. It was horrible. Horrible. All right? So that's the Trail of Tears. So this dramatic memoir by Delana Studi centers on that, the Trail of Tears, the 19th century relocation of Native Americans from the southeast. That's like uh, um, Florida and maybe Georgia, all over the southeast, all the way to Oklahoma. And uh, the third play is the Artist Repertory Theater, which co-commissioned the Thanksgiving play, which is a satire. Do you know what satire means? Um, no. Okay, satire means that they're making fun of somebody. All right? So That's bad. The, well, sometimes, <laughs> uh, in this particular one, the Thanksgiving play, uh, Larissa Fasthorse is making fun of white liberals who feel guilty about the mistreatment of natives. Now, I think that we can all agree that uh, Native Americans in history have not been treated very well, right? Uh, think Trail of Tears. Do you think that was treating them well? Um, no. No, that was treating them terribly. Yeah. However, sometimes people today go a little too far with feeling guilty about it, right? Right. Now, all three of these playwrights are absolutely stunned that their works are being simultaneously staged. You know what simultaneously means? No. That means all at the same time. Wow. Okay. So if I snap my finger, is it, am I doing it one time or two times? Two times. No, I mean with one hand or two hands. Okay, um, well. so look, look, I would do this one and then this one. Is that the same time? No. How about now? Yeah, that is okay. the same time. That's simultaneous. It's happening at the same time, all right? So it's all going on at the same time. They say, it's like we caught a unicorn, says Studi, and it's all going to be on display. I don't know why they're surprised, because all three of these plays sound amazing. I want to see all three of them. They certainly don't sound boring, and I believe that if you come up with a good idea and a, and a compelling story, there's no reason why it shouldn't be on the stage. Um, what do you feel? Um, do you think you want to watch boring stories or good stories? Good stories, like National Geographic. Okay, that's not a play. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's docu documentaries. All right. <laughs> you do like documentaries, don't you? Yes, I too. All right. So, um, one, of the, one of the best explanations here, I like is from uh, uh, the, the woman, Fast Horse, who says that the Thanksgiving play addresses a super well-meaning, politically correct white liberal people who are trying to create a school production about the holiday. They congratulate themselves, of course, on casting a native actor, but their excitement is short-lived. Now, this is my favorite part, because Fast Horse says that her play was born of frustration 
I mean, she's very, uh, uh, like, not feeling good with hearing that her plays were uncastable. So she's written a lot of Native American plays that have a lot of Native American actors or characters, okay? But they say, we can't find people who can play in this. There's not that many Native American actors out there who have the right look. So she says, I took that as a challenge. So I created a play that I still love, a play that I believe in, Something that I think does all the things that I enjoy as an artist. And I said, all right, here, American Theater, my challenge is now to you. There are no more excuses. Do the play. And they did it. I think this sounds like uh, just a wonderful group of plays. Um, Nagel says that sharing the spotlight with Studio and Fast Horse is important because it destroys the myth that a successful member of an underrepresented group is an exception rather than the rule. I mean, there's a lot of talented people out there and talent should be um, should be embraced. She says it's not that there aren't amazing native plays. It's that theaters haven't looked past the end of their noses. There's something happening in Oregon that's unique because the number of native plays produced is higher here than in any other state in the country. And Nagel, who's already slated for Portland Center Stage's 2018-19 season, says, I think it's got a lot to do with artistic vision and artistic directors. So uh, Manhattan, Manhattan will be playing at the Thomas Theater um, in Ashland, um, Ashland, Oregon, through October 27th. And so we walked, the one about Trio of Tears, will be playing through May 13th in Portland at the Ellen By Studio. And the Thanksgiving play What's will be... Portland, exactly? It's a city. Like, we live in Loveland. Portland is a city in Oregon. All right? Now, also in Portland, at the Morrison stage, the Thanksgiving play will be going through April 29th. So, all right, we got to take a quick break, but we'll be back in just a moment with more stimulating Native Talk Radio right here at nativetalk.net. Dun, 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 dun. The nativetalk.net radio program with Cliff and Brandon bouncing 1.21 gigawatts of radio goodness off the newly repaired Hubble Space Telescope. Whoops. Now grab your nets and let's go fishing. Hi, this is Cliff. And this is Brandon. And this is the NativeTalk.net radio podcast. The greatest podcast ever produced. Whoa, wait, wait, wait a minute. What? what? What do you mean? I'm pretty sure we're not the greatest podcast ever produced. I mean, have you heard of Serial? No. Cracked podcast? No. Or surprisingly awesome? No. Oh, okay, okay, okay. The NativeTalk.net radio podcast. The greatest podcast ever produced that I have actually listened to. So visit us online at nativetalk.net and tell your friends to download a few shows because, well, apparently we need it. Well, yeah, if you ever want to measure up with podcasts that are actually good, like The Bugle with John Oliver or WTF with Mark Marin or Hardcore History. Hey, this is Steve with thepeoplesammo.com. Do you enjoy the outdoor sportsman lifestyle? We've got the high-quality, reliable ammo you need from home defense rounds to outdoor enjoyment. So check us out at thepeoplesammo.com, where we hold these truths to be self-evident that all ammo is not created equal. Visit thepeoplesammo.com, where you can stock up on the quality rounds you deserve and shoot with confidence. Thepeoplesammo.com.
the nativetalk.net radio program with Cliff and Brandon. Maybe fatal if swallowed, but hey, be our guest. Now grab your nets and let's go fishing. Today it is not Cliff and Brandon, it's Cliff and... Chase said, and when did Steve's commercial get posted again? Uh, we, we recorded that when he came over for Thanksgiving, remember? Do you remember they came here and they visited us for Thanksgiving? Oh, uh, uh, yeah? Yeah, so we recorded the commercial then. Duh. Oh. <laughs> I thought you can, um, did the commercial before I was even born. Yeah, no. We, that was, like, way too long ago. I didn't even have all my radio stuff back then. All right, so well, we talked last week about goal setting. Do you remember when we talked about that? About setting goals and, like, thinking to the future and stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're trying to... you become what you think about most of the time. That's right. And so when you keep a positive mental attitude, what happens? Um... You become a positive person. If you if you say a negative attitude, you become a negative person. Okay. So, do you think that uh, that helps people be winners or losers? Um, both. If, really? Wait, no, 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 no. Um, don't know what to say. <laughs> All right. Well, there are. Sometimes even when people think positively and they do the things they're supposed to do, they st- it still doesn't work. And do you have any idea why that might be? No. Well, the biggest obstacle. Do you know what an obstacle is? Um, yeah, it's basically where you're basically in the... Um... Something is blocking you. That's yes. what it means. Something is in your way. So the biggest obstacle to setting goals is what we call self-limiting beliefs. What is a self-limiting belief? Dunno. Okay, a self-limiting belief is you know you, or you can do something, but you don't believe you can. But you can. You have the ability inside of you, but you don't do it because you're afraid. You're afraid of failing. And, uh, and so you believe yourself to be limited, so you don't do it. You think that you're not good enough or you're inferior, like intelligence, ability, talent, creativity, personality, or anything else. Angry uh, I might add. And what? Angry or afraid I might add. Yeah, or afraid, exactly. Or angry. Or angry. So you sell yourself short. And by underestimating yourself, by believing you can't do something, you either set no goals or you set low goals that are way below what you're truly capable of accomplishing. And this goes back to what you said at the beginning. You become... What you think about most of the time. Exactly. And so if what you think about is that you suck and you start making goals that are really, really low, like, for example, I have a goal that I will use the bathroom every day. Do you think that's a very difficult goal? Uh, no. <laughs> so you set a low goal, and then you go like, well, that's as good as I can do. So the way that you fix this is you need to imagine that you have no limitations. Imagine that you've got all the time and the ability that you could ever need to achieve any goal. Now, a lot of people will say that's not realistic. 
Like you just, if you could do anything, you imagine that. And I, what I want you to do is for a whole week, just think about, I can do anything. I can get anything. I can be anything. And then after a week of thinking like that, then you can start to think realistically again. And guess what? You're going to find that what you think about as realistic is way different now than how you felt one week ago. All right? Sorry, sorry so, we just um, have a baby here. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's the way it goes. But oh, hopefully it adds to the background there. So this is what we call blue sky thinking. You imagine that all things are possible for you, just like looking up into a clear blue sky with no limits. Think several years in the future. That's what we talked about last time. Imagine that your life is perfect in every respect. What is the perfect life for you? Then look back to where you are today and ask yourself this question. What would have to happen for me to create my perfect future. So, Jason, what is your perfect future? Um, to be a um, deep diver to, or to be a guy in a submarine to do dive to the record tight to um, go to the record Titanic before 20 years because that's when Titanic will be gone. All right, so 20 years from now, you'll be 26. So what has to happen between now and the next 20 years for that dream to come reality? Um, I'd probably, for a week or two, I had to think that I can, I can be a, I can be a, some, I can be a deep diver. I can be a submarine guy. Well, you start, and when you do that, you start, uh, you start asking yourself how. That's what you do. You start thinking about how, and you start looking at how you can uh, take classes. Maybe you need to join the Navy if you want to work on a submarine. You know, you start thinking about how you can do it. And then after a couple of weeks, you know, one week or two weeks of fantasizing about that, it, it helps you, A, to think actual realistic dreams. You know, you think better, and you start to make decisions today that will help you down the road. It stimulates creativity. It gives you ideas to help you accomplish your goals. Because if you don't do this, you're never, ever, ever going to reach your goals. That's what losers do. Losers, this is a big difference between losers and winners. Losers wonder whether or not a goal is possible. Winners only ask the question, how? And then they set to work finding ways to make their visions and goals into reality. Okay? So do you think that that's something that you could do, Jason? Um, to try to make things a reality? Yes, I think I can. Okay. Here's the big difference. There are a lot of dreamers in this world. Have, you have dreams, right? Well, not anymore, but I had a couple of dreams when I was little. Well... Well, you still have dreams. We just heard one. But the difference between a winner and a loser is A, dreaming, and B, action. Men and women who accomplish great things in life are action-oriented. Think about those playwrights. Uh, wait, what about children? Well, children are children. They haven't done anything yet, all right? But you wanted money. What did you do to get money? 
do sell chocolates. And did you do it? Did you actually get out there and do it? Yes. Or did you just dream about it? I actually got out there and do it. You're action-oriented. They're moving all the time. That's what winners do. They're busy. If they've got an idea, they take action on it immediately. They don't wait. But on the other hand, losers, low achievers, are full of good intentions. You know, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. But they've always got an excuse for not taking action today. And you know where I see this? I see this in uh, people who are, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend. And you talk to them about, you know, hey, when are you getting married? And they've always got a reason. Well, when I finish school or, you know, when I've got more money, when, when things get better. But why not today? Why not now? What's stopping you? There, there's always an excuse. Friends, that is what we call a non-achiever. Now, you know about the Bible, right? Yes, I do. Now, whether you believe in the Bible or you don't believe in the Bible, it's got good words. And Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. Now, what that means is, if you do not have an exciting vision for your future, you will perish. Perish means die, basically. That doesn't mean you're going to die, like, physically, be actually dead, but you're going to die spiritually. You will... in this, I could say in in this sentence, people perished with the Titanic. That makes sense. Yeah, that's that's they actually lost their lives. This we're talking about their perish in that they won't have motivation or enthusiasm. Okay, they're gonna die spiritually, like uh, inside. Okay, wow. but the reverse of that is if you have an exciting future vision, you will be continuously motivated and stimulated every single day and take actions necessary to make your goals a reality. So I just want you to remember that the clearer you can be about your long-term future, the faster that you will attract people and things into your life to help make that a reality. Okay, think about it like a, like a, a radar. Okay, a radar tells you what's coming up and there are things happening outside your radar that you can't see yet but it's coming to you. Get vision, get a you know, get your get your mind right. And that's when things will start happening to you. Alright guys, that's all the time we've got today. But we'll be back next week with more stimulating Native Talk Radio. Did you have something to say, Jason? No, I just wanted to say that um my my mom's at the gym and she's coming home and she's going to come home in about one minute so (laughs) all right so we better get going all right guys have a great week we'll see you next time bye bye people this is the native talk.net radio podcast we're not sure how our voices get from here to in your ear but does it really matter now grab your nets and let's go fishing Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.